Good morning to all of you. We're glad that you're here. It's nice to see your bright and shiny faces today and to hear you sing. Now we're going to have the great privilege of, of uh, listening to a man with a plan. Actually, four years ago, I had the privilege of going to Southeast Asia along with other pastors uh, from, this, um, from our district. And I met Bill, and we didn't get to know each other very well because of all the events and traveling and everything. It's been my great privilege over the last year or so. Bill spoke to us on a Sunday night not too long ago and is back with us now, and I've had a chance to really see his heart and to see how God has called him into ministry. Bill is a native of uh, South Korea, um, lived in the Philippines for a while, and several years ago came to Thailand um, as a missionary, sent out um, from the South Korean church and by the Church of the Nazarene, our, our global missions. He is the field strategy coordinator. Um, that means he's in charge of that area. <laughs> he's the leader of that area, and uh, which take, takes in uh, several countries in Southeast Asia. Uh, he is leading them into great days for the kingdom of the Lord and for the, the church of the Nazarene there. He is a man with a plan, and you'll see a little bit of that today. God has blessed him with insight as to how to grow the church, how to raise up disciples, how to plant churches, and how to lead that area where there's less than 1% Christian um, in Southeast Asia. An exciting task, a daunting task, but God is with him, God is helping him, and now I'd like to introduce to you again our missionary for the day, Reverend Bill Kwan. Hi. It's been a great privilege to stand before you. And I heard a lot about this church, and I'm so glad that I finally stand uh, in this pulpit and sharing the love of God and the, the passion of our Lord Jesus Christ for Southeast Asia. The, the message for today is based on Exodus chapter 17, particularly <laughs> verse 15. Is that yours? Am I stealing yours? And the title is God, Who is Our Banner? Southeast Asia, as um, I was introduced, is a part of Asia-Pacific region. Church of the Nazarenes broken down the whole world into six regions, and Asia-Pacific region is one of them. Largest unreached people group. If you see the box, yeah, wow, praise the Lord. You have a, such a great uh, screen there. And Southeast Asia is composed of five countries, Cambodia, Laos, Myanmar, Thailand, and Vietnam. It's about 260-some 
million people, about 70% of entire United States, the population. And what is striking is that there are less than 1% Christians across the five countries. I often say that if you have a 100 Southeast Asians in this room, you cannot find more than one Christian in this room. The Christianity introduced about 200 years ago, but still, this is largely unreached areas. When God brought the Israelites out of the bondage of slavery, God has a plan. And these people were just wondering where the Lord leads. But these people were just walking. And one day, they found something interesting. They saw the, the, the people, the Amalekites, approaching with the arms. And it was panic. What, what am I going to do? These people were not trained as soldiers because they're just, one, they're just walking through the wilderness, hoping someday they find the promised land. But God, who is our banner, has a plan. When God, who is our banner, allows the worst when we are not prepared. This is probably part of his plan. He makes us panic and tell us that he has a plan. In 2021 February, Myanmar or Burma, there was war again. I told you it's a war again because the people were suffered through the civil wars for the past 60 years. It was 2013 when, when these people finally come up with a peace talk with, with a democratic government. These people were so much excited. Well, now we have a freedom. We have a peace in our country. I came to Myanmar 2014 as a district superintendent and the missionary for the whole country, and it was such a great time. The people rejoiced that we have a peace. Even the churches were loud. We want to do something for the Lord. But by 2021, only eight years after this peace, the military took over the country again and said, you need an order. The people on the street say, no, we don't need your order. We need freedom. But power and the arms with the military. The people were so much desperate of our needs. And this, the military rule over, came in the middle of the COVID hits in this country. This picture came from one of our pastors in northwest region of Myanmar. In October, in the middle of this calamity, people died. Hundreds of people died every day. This, this town is not a big city. It's a little town of 50,000 people. 
They see hundreds of people dying every day. And these people just need the Lord, and they just need a little bit of oxygen. With these people, and and we called upon the Lord, Lord, where are you? We need you in this time. We don't know what to do. But God, who is our banner, prepares his leaders in this crisis. Amen? Amen? The passage of Scripture tells that the Lord asked the Moses to call the Joshua, and Joshua, come. You pick up the man and go and fight. Well, Joshua was one of the people who just walked into the wilderness. Where can I go and fight and how? But when God, who is our banner, calls his people, he prepares. Amen? Amen. In Myanmar, in this time of crisis, God raises his Joshua to fight against. One of the Joshua's that I'd like to introduce is Pastor Jerome. He's our field Nazarene Compassion Ministry Coordinator, and he lives in Myanmar. He's a, he's a Burmese person. When, when, this, when this calamity happened, and he stood up saying that we need to do something for our people. He wrote a letter to our Nazarene Compassionate Ministry Headquarters, and we need your help. The first thing that he did with the support of Nazarene Compassionate Ministry is to purchase the oxygen tanks. I'm not sure how you feel like what's what's going on there, but in, in Myanmar, simply that oxygen tanks helps people. When the people were severely ill in this COVID, and just providing the oxygen was an help. And, and he organized district youth, and then let's go out to the communities and tr- try to provide something, the basic hygiene support for the people. And we provide foods. I know, no, you have a crisis care kits. We wanted to bring your crisis care kits to Myanmar, but it was impossible to import your kits. Instead, Pastor Jerome organizes his people with the support of Nazarene Compassionate Ministries to purchase the food and creates our own crisis care kits. I'm not sure how you figure out these. These are something that we can eat. (laughs) A lot of rice, eggs, and the beans. Onions and the beans. With these people and support of Nazarene Compassionate Ministry, we're able to provide these basic food needs for more than 4,000 households during this crisis. Another need in this country was a schooling for children. I was so great to see your children singing in this church. 
In Myanmar, it is devastating that the children do not have any place to go and learn. During these four, two and a half years, the government closed down the whole educational system. 75% of entire country's children do not have any schools to go and learn. Pastor Jerome organizes and challenges our churches. You need to open the church and bring our children, not only our children in the church, but our community children to come and do something. And he challenged the 15 our Nazarene churches in Myanmar and organized a after-school programs. And we provide a basic education for more than 400 children in this time of crisis. When God allows the wars that we are not prepared, God prepares his Joshua, amen? The second Joshua I want to share today is pastor and district superintendent Rama. He's a young district superintendent. When, when you imagine about district superintendent, with a great old bald hair, <laughs> and you know, like a big Tommy, you know. Talking slow and walking slow, but he's a pretty young guy. And I was not quite sure when we appoint him as a district superintendent what he could do, but God knows his heart. When this war happened, we were panicked and we tried to call to SNS messengers and see how our church is doing. Are our churches okay? How about our pastors, our members? We're so worried about how we can care and protect our churches. But this pastor, Rama, had a different idea. And he said, in this time of crisis, when we die, we know where we go. We go to see our Lord Jesus Christ in heaven. But when in this time of crisis, when these people who do not know Christ die, where they go? It is urgent. Now we have to go and share the salvation message to these people before it's too late. When I first came to Myanmar, the Lord just gave me a special passage of scripture. That's Acts chapter 16. And it was a story of Apostle Paul going into a Philippi and met a woman called Lydia. At that time, Apostle Paul was preparing his second missionary journey. He planned to go and visit his churches that he planted when he was in the first missionary journey. He never imagined going into Philippi or Macedonia, but the Lord, the Holy Spirit, came into his dream three times and tell him, you go to Macedonia. <laughs> when he woke up in his dream and said, if this is the Lord's will, I will follow. And he continued to go to the Macedonia where he never imagined and continued to walk and ended up into the city called Philippi. 
Few days he wandered around and see what's going on there. And finally, he met a group of ladies in the riverside and he preached the word of the Lord. And seeing that the people are not interested except one lady named Lydia. The Bible said, the Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. Amen. The Lord already orchestrated everything. Call the Apostle Paul. Do not go where you want to go. Go where I want you to go. And you go and preach the word of the Lord, and you will see the Lydia, the woman, the, the, the person of peace that I prepared. Then Lydia invited Apostle Paul one more time to her house, and she collected all the household and invited Apostle Paul to preach again. And Apostle Paul preached the same message. Guess what? And that night, everyone in the household, a house of Lydia, be baptized. And that group became the first church in the entire Macedonia, and the first group that supported Apostle Paul's ministry in Europe. Never imagined and planned until the Lord leads us and we follow his will. After this, and I said, you know, this is Lydia's strategy. <laughs> I'm not sure if the strategy, but you, you, you pray and seek and hear the voice of the Spirit. When you hear the voice of the Spirit, you go and you preach the word of the Lord. Don't be intimidated. And you will see a lot of people will reject you, but you will find the persons of peace called Lydia that God prepared. When you meet or find the Lydia and you continue to go and preach and teach and make her disciples so that you can start the church of our Lord Jesus Christ, the community of believers. When I first preached about this, the Myanmar pastors were shocked because they expected missionaries to come bringing resources, build another church, and started another church planting project. And this missionary comes, and you find the Lydia, and they look around each other and say, we pick up the wrong missionary. <laughs> but Pastor Rama was one of the few pastors who responded to this message of the Lord. I cannot raise tens of thousand dollars for the church building, but I can listen to the voice of the Spirit and I can go out and preach the word of the Lord, and I can find the Lydia if God prepares, and I can make the Lydia disciples and create the community of believers. I can do that. When he became district superintendent, he encouraged his pastors doing this, and he organized this Lydia evangelism team in partnership with Jesus Philip Harvest Partners. Amen? Amen? They send the teams to the mountain. 
They send the teams in the middle of the villages, and they are preaching the living word of the Lord, and amazing things happening. There are tens and hundreds of people in this time of crisis came into the presence of the Lord and be baptized, and they have eternal life before it's too late. Just two months before I came to home assignment, Pastor Rama reported in two months we baptized 39 people. In one year, he reported that we baptized 148 people and we are in the process, process of making them disciples of 331 people. And we were able to create 47 preaching points, the small group of people that our pastors and our leaders can go and continue to teach and preach. And we're able to start 15 missional, mission-type churches in Southern District in one year. This is a report in when he first became district superintendent in 2018. He said, we have 10 churches. Last month, he made a report, the same map. I'm going to show you again. This was the map in 2018. There are only 10 churches in his district. By 2022, September, he said, we have 53 Nazarene churches planted in the Southern District. Amen. How much time we have? The third Joshua. I have about 12 Joshuas, but how many Joshuas you want to hear today? <laughs> the third Joshua is Pastor James and his wife, Jessica. They were foreign workers in Malaysia, and they started ministry there, and he came back, and I was so excited. Let's do ministry here in Myanmar, or in Yangon. We wanted to start a church there. But they came to me and said, Sir, I have a calling to go to Shan State. Pastor James, we do not have a church there. We do not have anything there. We haven't started our ministry there. It's too risky for you to go there. I want you to plant a church in Yangon area. But he said, the Lord gave me a special heart for the Shan people. Shan State, it's about 24 bus rides from Yangon. Not because it's too far, but because the road is not paved. <laughs> when there's a rain, heavy rain, you have to stop somewhere else and waiting for days and days to clear up the, the road. And I told him, if God calls you and you obey the, list, the voice of the Spirit, but the only thing I can tell you, you go and looking for Lydia. <laughs> We believe if God calls you, God's going to prepare his Lydia's 
in your areas. Go and looking for Lydia. And he was not smart pastor, but he was very obedient pastor. <laughs> and I liked that. He went into the villages and prayed and preached the word of the Lord and looking for Lydia. And you know, it's not easy. I'm not sure how many of you have visited the homes of someone else who do not believe in Jesus Christ. They're hostiles. <laughs> but Pastor James and Jessica never disappointed. They just keep going and sharing the love of God and pray for these people and continue to look for Lydia. And in one day, Pastor James texted me, I found two Lydias with this picture. You see, that's great. I'm glad you find the Lydia. Not only one, but two. But I don't know how you can work with these little two children. <laughs> For our understanding, Lydia must be a grown-up maybe influential to the community, maybe be able to have a leadership, bringing people into her house and start a preaching the word of the Lord right away. And looking at these two little children, I don't know how that works. But Pastor James said, I believe the Lord prepared these two little boys for my ministry. If God calls and prepares this too as my Lydia, I will do what I can. He invited, Pastor James invited these two little children and continued to teach the word of the Lord. But interesting picture came about two months later, and he said, Sir, it's interesting, these two little boys, whenever they come to our home, they brought somebody else. And looking at these sleepers, I was so great to see these little sleepers. And if the Lord prepares, that must be something special. About six months later, Pastor James sent me this picture and said, Sir, we started a church with this beautiful 32 children in Shan State. Amen. I look at this picture and said, wow, I'm glad you have a beautiful screen <laughs> that you see this picture so clearly. And I look at this and say, wow, this is such a beautiful community of believers. The Lord loves these little children. And because God calls Pastor James and Jessica to go to the Shang State, and they obey the call and continue to go and preach the love, the love of God and be able to find the Lydia. And that enables this beautiful community of believers. Amen? The church, we often 
say that it's the community of believers, not the buildings. I heard that you paid about a million dollars to pave the road and rebuild like, like, uh, like things that you need. But this church is great, not because you paid a million dollars for your building, but because you are here as a believer, as a disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ and wanting to follow his will. Amen? And, and the church down there looking small, but it is a genuine community of believers, the church. Pastor James is not just satisfied with just one small church. He said, I continue to go and preach the word of the Lord in Shan State. In two years of time, he was able to start six churches in Shan State. They're all small little churches in someone else's home. But we believe this is the beginning of the movement of God through the people of God. And we pray that in some day that the Lord is going to organize that Shan State as a pioneer district of the Church of the Nazarene. And this is exciting stories in the mission field in Southeast Asia. And we want you to pray how we dedicated our lives for the Lord. In Southeast Asia, together with our missionaries, our local leaders, we made this goal for the Lord in by 2025, we will be dedicating two more districts. So total of 10. And we're going to dedicate 13 new areas. Once there was no Nazarene churches, but we will conquer the land and expand our territory. We have over 208 churches now, but our goal for 2025 is to have 500 missional churches and 1,000 disciples and about 15,000 members by 2025. And I want you to see this picture, the map, and these are the 13 new areas that we prayed for the Lord. And this is particularly I ask your prayers and dedicate these 13 areas in our partnership. When God, who is our banner, allows the war, he's also looking for a partner. Amen? In this story, as you know, that the Lord allow, ask the Moses to go to the, the hill and with Hall and Aaron and prayed for Joshua and the man. You know, when, when, when Moses raised up hands and prayed and they win, and when it's tired and the hands goes down and they lose, and Moses raised up and pray, and they win. When the tired and hands down, they lose. Hands up, win. Hands down, lose. 
Amen? What a funny God. <laughs> but I believe there is, a, there is a secret. The Lord is telling Moses, you're, you're not going to fight alone. And for Joshua, you're not fighting alone. You are fighting in the field, but there are certain people God chose. You go up and pray for them. Mission is not something that we missionaries can do only ourselves. We need your partnerships. We need you stand in the hill. You're not coming to fight with us, but you're going to stand in the hills and raise your hands and somebody hold your on both hands and pray for us. If we continue to pray for us and we go and fight with our Joshua's there in the field and we will see the victory at the end of the, of the day. Amen? And this is the, the heart of our partnership for today. I am so thankful that I'm coming as a one Joshua. And I'm asking you, as a Moses, standing on the hill and pray for us. For the next three years, we will work together. See the 13 new areas, ones we had no Nazarene churches, we will see how the Lord brings the hope and the community of believers of those 13 new areas. God bless you. take a moment, and we do want to take an offering this morning. Um, so at the first service early today, uh, one of my favorite people in the world, Lois Dunn, uh, was crying at the end of the service this morning, and she came up to me afterwards, and she had, if you're not Nazarene, we have a magazine called Holiness Today, and she brought me the new uh, Holiness Today, and she she had it open to a little article in there about how just recently, in one day, I believe, we baptized 1,500 new believers in Guatemala. And the reason she was crying is because her grandparents and parents started the work there. And in some ways, it reminded me of, Bill, what you were saying today. She said when they were there, there were no churches, and they were working and praying and finding Lydia's, and they were carving out out of nothing, a church, and she just was weeping, and I said, Lois, half a Pentecost, right? <laughs> like right there, 1,500 believers, and she said, yeah, I mean, this is the work that was started back then beginning to flourish, and so um, I don't know how your stocks are doing. I'm not getting a lot of return of investment these days. Um, the investment we make in these kinds of things have eternal consequences, and so it is really an opportunity to, to be at the beginning in some ways of work in place in creative access areas and where new churches are happening and where Lydia's and others are being called uh, to participate in God's kingdom. And there's something really exciting about that. And so this morning, as we uh, take an offering, uh, we'll take our normal tithes and offerings. But a couple of things, uh, I'm going to bug you over the next few weeks as we head to Thanksgiving about raising $10,000 uh, above our faith promise um, so that we can be part of this partnership. Uh, 
but this morning, we also want to take an offering for Bill and for uh, the work that he is doing and to encourage him today. And so anything that comes in, in loose in the offering today or designated for Bill today, um, I have a check ready to go. If you want to participate in that, that's great. You can give uh, for the 10000 for Thanksgiving offering. You can give that in a check or, or in an envelope and designate that in the offering plate. You can also give online. And when you go online, if you'll kind of go down to missions and just check missions, we will make sure um, it goes to that over these next few weeks. And let me just say one last thing about that. There are probably some folks in this room who could hear the call of God and give all 10,000 of that. And, and that would be great. Uh, we would not reject that. That would be fine. But it would be way more fun if that money was not raised by one, two, or even 20 people, but if it really was all of God's people together participating in the ways that God calls us, whether that's big gifts or small gifts, whether that's old folk um, or whether that's children, participating and sensing that we are a part of this mission together. And so um, I'm looking forward to what God's going to do, um, not only in helping us do that, but in the way that God is going to use that. So ushers, if you're ready, I'm going to invite you uh, to come on down. Let me pray for us as we will sing together. And as we're singing, we're going to sign this three-year deal up here uh, and our, our partnership together. Um, God, we are so grateful for what you're doing around the world. Thanks for Bill and for his leadership. Thanks for the Joshua's that he has shared about and the Lydia's that you are preparing. And we pray, God, that you would bless these three years. Um, help us to be generous in the ways that you have been generous with us. And we pray, God, um, that this mission that in so many places in Southeast Asia is just beginning, um, that it would come to flourish and be a place where your kingdom has come and your will is done on earth as it is in heaven. And so bless these gifts, multiply them to the purposes of your kingdom, we pray. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Did you feel the mountain tremble? Did you hear the oceans roar? When the people rose to sing of Jesus Christ, the risen one. Did you feel the people tremble? Did you hear the singers roar? When the lost began to sing of Jesus Christ, the saving one. And we can see that God, you're moving a mighty river through the nations. When young and old return to Jesus, fling wide you heavenly gates prepare the way of the risen lord we'll stand together so open up the doors and let the music play let the streets resound with singing it's all 
It's fun to be together as families today. Uh, I love that line in the song, Dancers Who Dance Upon Injustice. We, we saw some future dancers upon injustice today. Uh, it was really pretty fun. Uh, just two or three reminders as you head out. Lots of things going on. If you are free tomorrow night, come and help us celebrate and welcome the community uh, during Trunk or Treat. Um, this Friday night and Saturday is the boutique and the auction Friday night. You can get your tickets today. Um, Maybe the fastest growing ministry in our church is Mothers of Preschoolers, MOPS. And uh, that night really helps support that and make sure we can get everybody involved. And so come and be part of that. Also, um, Bill, the reason people kind of giggled when you said Exodus is uh, we talk about that a bit around here. Uh, but if you're following with us on the story that changes everything, tomorrow's our last day in Exodus. We actually get to Leviticus on Tuesday. And so if you haven't joined yet, what better time to join than in Leviticus? <laughs> Seriously, like it's going to be so exciting. And so there are bookmarks out there if you want to join the journey this week uh, as we transition into uh, November and into the warm, warm texts of Leviticus and Numbers. It's going to be a fun journey. If you listen well this morning, To send missionaries to a place where 1% of the population is Christian. Between you and me, that's crazy. 
but we serve a God who works in the impossible situations and is able to bring about his kingdom. And that's why this benediction is for us this morning. Unto him who by that power at work within us is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ever ask or imagine. To him be glory in us, the people called his church, and in Christ Jesus now and for all generations. And God's people said, amen. Go in his peace.